Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, or good morning, whatever time it is in this neck of the woods for you. This is another edition of In the Author's Corner with your host, H.N. Gibbs. And as usual, every other Saturday night for me, Sunday morning for my partner, Leanne. Leanne is here again to talk about something very dear to her heart. But before we get into that, let's just let people know that we can communicate with you. You can call in, and Leanne will maybe talk about it a little later so that folks will know how to do that. But uh, for our folks in the States and the U.S., the call-in number is 515-605-9812. Keep that number nearby because as we go on shows from time to time, we will invite you. In fact, you're always invited, but you're invited to call in. If you have any questions, any comments you want to be part of the show about. So with that being said, let's go ahead and have me introduce you again to my buddy. In, I, I can't say buddy in crime. No, 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 she's not in crime. But my buddy here is sitting with us about confronting. That's the topic she wants to touch on tonight. So, Leanne, good evening and well, oh, good morning and welcome aboard. Morning, Etienne. How are you, my bro? I'm doing fine, thank you, fine, thank you. Glad to hear you Good. again. Good. And morning, listeners. Hope you're all well, and thank you for being here. Much appreciation. Great. So tell us about what you have in mind today. You want to do some confronting? Well, <laughs> what I'd like to discuss today, um, Etienne, is confronting, it's heartbreaking, and it's happening worldwide. Um, Some might have experienced this personally, and if so, I am sorry for your pain. Some might know somebody who is or has had to cope with this unthinkable crime, and some might not be aware at all of this raw reality that occurs every day on a large scale. Okay. All right. So should I... Go right ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go right ahead. All right. So... I'd like you all to close your eyes and feel the words that I'm about to speak and imagine, if you can, how this child feels. Mm -hmm. The world around her was slowly blotted out. One tear after the next smudged the abstract lines of a childhood gone wrong. The smeared art the truth. Boundaries crossed, emotions in turmoil. For anyone who understands when no explanation is needed, they would know what lies beneath that dark mass of paint that no longer depicts a masterpiece of chaotic order. They would know that behind every running colour lies a murder scene, the butchering of a little girl's heart, killed over and over, the dagger changing hands, 
they would know that vivid perfection once held was only a masquerade of dark betrayal. Not life, not love. They would know that the eerie underlying image of an empty swing still gaining momentum in a childhood lost revealed what adults chose not to see, the disappearance of a little girl. Just another missing person. Oh, man, that is shocking. Another child? Another missing child? Yeah, well, I mean, Etienne, innocent children go missing every day when they disappear into their fractured minds born from childhood abuse. And, you know, what what happens to children who are not protected from abuse? What happens when these children are not heard? To put it plainly, incomprehensible damage is what occurs. And it's just wow. not okay. Is that okay? Well, tell us more about it, no. please. Well, these children, the damage that occurs with abuse is then carried into adulthood, which in turn is creating a society of unhealed adults trying the very best they can to exist within the aftermath of a crime that should not have occurred. Um, Children are taken hostage every day when they are subjected to abuse. Um, Their underdeveloped minds cannot comprehend this invasion, this betrayal. More often than not, the perpetrators are known to the victims who are groomed so that this child's mind then believes that the abnormal is totally normal and justified. This little boy Mm -hmm. or little girl then has to compartmentalize he or her big feelings and confusing out-of-control emotions in order to function daily. And it it doesn't just end there. Wow. Let's stop there for a minute, please, because this is very sensitive information, and let's make sure that we let the public know confidentiality is not being breached. And you and I need to address publicly that you will not be going into any confidentiality features. Is that correct? Um, yes, I'm not I'm not disclosing any names. I have um, been involved in a case, personally in a case where children were not okay. protected, but I will not be mentioning any names. Oh, very good. Okay. So you say <laughs> it goes it ends there or does it or does it end there? No. Well it doesn't end there for these children. Um, these wow. children are then le- they're, they're then left to navigate in a world that now feels unpredictable and unsafe with no trustworthy inner compass to guide them because an adult told them that it did not happen, that it was all imagined, or that what is happening is normal. These children now cannot trust what they know to be true, so they obliterate their sense of self that lied to them until it is non-existent. So slowly, these innocent, childlike—they're best. Sorry. So slowly, their innocent, childlike wishes and dreams are replaced by post-traumatic stress disorder, complex PTSD wow. if the abuse is ongoing or prolonged, personality disorders, dissociative disorders, self-harm, self-loathing, hatred, rage, anger, and confusion, and it's wow. in. It doesn't stop there. My gosh. Let me hold up a little bit. One second, please. You brought out some very strong, very severe psychiatric 
diagnoses that little children shouldn't even have. That shouldn't happen well, until it, they become adults. But you say it happens. It shouldn't. It, sh- it, it just. It just shouldn't happen. Point blank, yeah. shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, but it is happening, and then obviously children do not understand what is happening or what they are feeling. Exactly. And um, yeah. you know, if there are adults that don't validate these children's, um, you know, feelings then these disorders um, just get worse and worse with every passing day. They grow more, yeah, they grow in a child's mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Totally. So you said, mm-hmm. so you said children make it, might make it into adulthood. Tell us more about that, please. Sorry, say that again? Yeah, the next question I had was, you said it doesn't end there, so I was asking you oh, to go into yeah. the adulthood. No. Totally. So then if these children then make it into adulthood, the undealt psychological disorders that were supposedly born from just a very vivid imagination, because nothing happened Mm -hmm. right, worsen with every passing day. If these children who are now imbalanced adults are brave enough and courageous enough, they finally stop running to face their demons and the debilitating fear and madness within But the coping mechanisms like dissociation, which worked brilliantly in childhood, um, are now destroying them as adults. But nevertheless, they try their best to heal, either alone or in therapy. The perpetrators, they seldom pay the price. And like all victims, they had a choice to use their pain to help heal others or to offend. Let's stop there a minute, please. So the perpetrators live their life, do their crime, and then move on. Exactly. Often, um, yeah. So many perpetrators get away with these crimes and they just carry on with their lives as though nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, many wow. perpetrators, as you all know, um, the abused becomes the abused, especially for men. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying always, but it's usually, you know, um, men who will commit the, the crimes more so than than the abused woman. Um, okay. But yeah, but you know, like I say, they had a choice to to not offend. Um, yes. And then many times the victims remain silent, trapped in unimaginable torture, and taken on the perpetrator's yeah. shame. Just not okay. Yeah. Wow. And And you're talking about. Excuse me. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry. Carry on. Did I carry on? Okay. I was going to say, are you talking about the child who was abused in the home, or are you talking about children who are victims of child trafficking? Um, no, I I personally don't know anything about child trafficking. I know that it occurs, mm-hmm. but I've not experienced okay. that. So this is okay. about abuse within families, generational abuse that cycles okay. within families that I'm talking about. Yeah, is because that, I have experience in it. Okay, good enough. You know, that's a good <laughs> that's a good thing. What you're doing, talk about what you know, and not what exactly. you don't know. And sometimes some people yeah. do that and get themselves. 
in hot water. Exactly. I would never talk about something that I have not experienced because I am. Yes. I would not be, you know, socialized to yes. talk about that. I know. I know that about you from the first time I met. When I met you, you talk about what you know, and that's interesting. Fantastic. <laughs> so let's continue then. What What's all about the abuse system? The perpetrator perpetrator has a choice. Yeah. Just continue from where you were. Perpetrator had a choice. Yeah. So the perpetrators, you know, like any abused um, victim, they have a choice um, on whether they um, heal and use their pain to help others or to offend. Um, But then oftentimes, even if a perpetrator is sentenced, they're not really the ones paying the price. They might be behind Mm. bars, yes but they have a roof over their head, they have a bed, they have three meals and no other responsibility. While oftentimes, survivors end up on the streets, homeless or institutionalized Mm. or in financial hardship, feeling overwhelmed in a world that seems impossible to get ahead in. You know, it's the victims that suffer from a nervous system pushed over the edge, whether the symptoms are real or psychosomatic. It is the victims that are the ones left with adrenal fatigue any fear of a weary smile. It is oh, a victim that wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, please. Just don't go so fast. So the victim uh, might have psychosomatic. Please explain that to the public. What is the psychosomatic yes. aspect? So psychosomatic, oftentimes you'll find that um, a lot of abused victims from childhood will oftentimes suffer um, from abdominal issues. Um, you know, yeah. like irritable bowel syndrome, um, yeah. problems with their stomach, or they will yeah. um, oftentimes have stomach aches or headaches, or and um, oftentimes it's called psychosomatic, where it's um, just it's like an effect from the abuse. Um, yeah. It might not even if they go to the doctor, the doctor might say to them, "I can't find anything wrong with you," but yeah. For the child, there is real pain in his or her stomach, and that's what's called psychosomatic. It's from the abuse. Very good. Okay. So sometimes also it might even go into nightmares, right? The child might have difficulty sleeping. Totally. Or even if they're totally. sleeping, they might have, yeah, they might have uh, dreams that are very scary. Totally. Um, dreams that, that are so real, um, it's almost like reliving the abuse. Because I, I experienced mm. it personally, you know, yeah. um, nightmares and, and panic attacks where you literally feel like you're at hell's gate. Um, and yeah. and you, feel, you feel like you are about to die. Um, oh, my God. It's not fair. It is not fair. And, yeah. and my aim to put a stop to child abuse, I, I am fed up of... Um, the abuse that is happening worldwide, and things have to change, you know. Yes. Okay. Um, well, let's go back to things. Go ahead. Yes. Go right ahead. Yeah. Victims are. Uh, oftentimes. Yeah. Oftentimes, even with nightmares and panic attacks. Um, they can be so severe um, where the child will even um, experience regression. Um, you know, when they're older, they have experienced regression um, where it, where they then, 
become like the four-year-old little boy or girl again, and they talk like the four-year-old, and they, um, you know, and that and trauma is relived like that as well. Um, the victims that are the ones staring into vacant eyes, trying to remember who this is staring back at them after they've watched blood drain from their broken veins. It's oh victims that are the ones. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, please. I want to take step by step so we could clarify sure. for the audience. So when sure. the child is having the regression, the child becomes mm-hmm. a child in behavior and may become maybe 10, 11, maybe even 12 years old, still wet in the bed. And that isn't because he wants to or she wants to, but it's because the yeah. body, the same psychosomatic aspects we're talking about might be kicking in. Does that make sense? Well, bed wetting on its own is very common with children who are being abused. Because um, yeah. along with that, oftentimes they are not able to show their emotions. So they yeah. just, they, they don't know how, they shut it down. So that is very common. Um, with yeah. with regression, I'm not sure if bedwetting is, is actually associated with regression. Um, for instance, when I experienced regression, um, uh-huh. I, I, I was, I didn't know what was happening to me um but i was told the next day by a by a psychiatric nurse i was actually in a psychiatric unit um and i crawled out of my room on all fours um and i was back to like a three or four year old and i was crying and i was speaking like a four year old and then i started vomiting what age age were you at that time i was 35 Wow, that is regression. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yes. and then I went into and then I went into another patient's room and I regressed again, but then I was about 8 or 9 years old and I was playing wow. hide and seek and I was trying to find my sister. Um yeah, yeah, but all this was told to me the next morning. So Wow. It is very sad and it is very um, it is embarrassing sad. for the yeah victim, you know, because you, you, you do yeah. feel like there's something wrong with you, but you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't your fault. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's continue, then, Well, victims also are, um, more often than not, the ones desperately trying to believe that they are enough or that they do matter. Mm-hmm. They then decide that nothing matters with an overdose shutting down the relentless confusion of indescribable feelings, a welcoming response from the immense amount of energy it takes to continue this fight to survive all they feel inside for another day. It's just um, very sad. Um, You know, um, again, just speaking on my own experience with an overdose, um, mm-hmm. I had a very serious overdose in 2011. Um, for me, personally, it wasn't that I wanted to die. Uh, it was the commands. It, I always felt like I, I could feel the demons inside of me commanding, 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 like cut, mm-hmm. cut, cut, or um, overdose. So it, for me, it was to stop the chanting, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a very serious overdose on Seroquel. 
um, and I was in recess for two days, and my sister was told mm-hmm. to start planning my funeral. But I was granted a second mm-hmm. chance, and I did pull through. My goodness. Um, I want to thank you for at least opening up and being fair enough to share with the public what is what you've been going through, what you've gone through. It's like a hell on earth. Well, I think it's I think it's really important for people to start speaking out because that is the only way that um I think anything will change for the positive, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. I think it's important. Yes, it is important, yes. We children don't have the protection they have most of the time when they are a victim. So uh, I've had in in the past when I worked with the Air Force we were trained to protect child abuse. But uh, the thing was, the child would be abused, but they would hide it. and We would not know because there's no evidence. And of course, in American Mm -hmm. American, uh, uh, justice system, there has to be evidence. And if you can't find evidence, Mm -hmm. the poor child stays there suffering. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you're bringing this out because this is very important for the public anywhere it in the is. world. It is. And, and, and oftentimes also, um, you know, the, um, the victims are, are told to keep it a secret or, you yes. know, or, or if you tell, I will hurt you. Or, um, yes. And they need to know that anyone who asks them to keep any secrets is not their friend. Exactly. It's not good. Yes. Okay, let's go ahead. Go ahead to where you were. Okay, so survivors, um, the abused children, um, were not granted the tools to grow up healthily, and they then go on to make unhealthy choices, placing them time and time again in toxic or codependent situations because this is what feels right to them. Or maybe subconsciously, they keep recreating trauma, desperately hoping for a better outcome. Um, okay, healing... Let me, let me stop you a minute. Uh, yeah. You're talking about <laughs> codependent situation. What, is that, what does that mean for the public, please? So what I mean is um, because these children weren't given healthy tools, um, you know, to grow up with, like to believe in in themselves to believe that um, their intuition um, to to be validated things like that. Yeah. Um, they then question everything about themselves. Um, they um, obviously their home life or wh- wherever the abuse happened would have been dysfunctional. So that's what they would have known. Yeah. They then um, yeah. I know many abusers who have then gone on to make. When I say the wrong choices, I mean um, maybe marrying somebody, um, which then puts them in an abusive situation or domestic violence, um, yeah. because that's what they've known. So it, that is how cycles continue. Until that chain is broken, generational yeah. cycles will continue in families, and that is why abuse mm-hmm. keeps cycling through families. Yeah. That's why it's so important to break the generational chain. That's right. The sooner the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, totally. Yeah. I've seen... Uh, and, go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, 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 you carry on. Well, I was going to say, I've seen a documentary where a young girl prostituted on the streets, and mm-hmm. um, the police was trying to ask her to help her, and they, she got temporary help, and then she was back in the street again. And then mm-hmm. eventually she got a social worker working with her who understood what was going on and worked with her. Yeah. And the thing was, yeah. this child was a victim of child abuse, and she didn't yeah. tell anybody or whoever she told, nobody believed her. So she ended mm-hmm. up becoming an adult mm-hmm. prostitute. Well, that's it. Sometimes they just they feel like there's no way out of it. Exactly, yeah. And that's why that's why validation and acknowledgement when a child tells you about abuse is so, so very important. Pay attention, yes. Accept mm-hmm. accept it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And the worst part is when when the mother or grandmother who hears the child say, Mommy or grandma, I need help. This is what's going on. And they would just say, mm-hmm. Oh, go away. Go away, you'll, yeah. you'll feel better later on. And that's not that's a way to what I, that's, No, that's what I was told. Nonsense. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Nonsense. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't want to believe it. No. Yeah. Right, go um, So um, healing does not erase what happened, but it, it only grants you a way to live with what happened. Um, none of us can change our past, but we can change our future. Um, I believe that it is each and every one of our responsibility as a society to stop abuse. Like I said, it is vital to make it a priority to break generational chains within families and to put an end to voices being silenced. And, 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 you know, let's go a step further. Child abuse is not okay, but you not okay. wonder why child abuse happens. And it's it's a rotten oil or, or rotten onions that just go down the hill worse and worse. Because when the young woman who's been a victim hasn't been able to get any help, I suggest to be normal as can be and becomes married She's married to a guy who happens to be a perpetrator or mm-hmm. your, your uh, what, what's the word? I forget it. Pedo, pedo, pedophile. Pedophile. Yeah. 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 Pedophile. Pedophile. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That marriage is doomed to fail because the victim, the perpetrator, is hiding as a married man. And he goes out and he does mm-hmm. his crime to others and mm-hmm. even abuses his own wife. So mm-hmm. I have to say, when there's a wife being the victim, we need to go a step further. We mean in the authorities need to go further in the history of that uh, man as well as the history of the victim. You're waking mm-hmm. up a lot of questions there tonight. Thank you for coming yeah. to the session to bring this up. Wow, go right ahead. I think just to quickly answer the beginning of that um, question that you think about, um, I think Mm -hmm. um, abuse continues happening um, when people don't heal, when people aren't Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, acknowledging that they were abused. They aren't talking about mm-hmm. it and they aren't healing. Mm-hmm. And that's how it just continues. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and unfortunately, so many abused children slip through the cracks of governmental systems that are clearly mm-hmm. not effective in protecting children. And that is happening worldwide. Wow. Um, you know, okay. what, I'd, what I'd like to know is who decides on the protocols, the policies and the guidelines of which cases warrant investigation, prioritisation and a just outcome um, where perpetrators are held liable for their crimes and where children's rights are taken seriously. Um, because like I said, I have personally experienced a case where children were mm-hmm. subjected to physical and psychological abuse Numerous mm. calls were made to the Australian Department of Community Services and Justice by various professional bodies. Nothing was done. Wow, what a shame. What a shame. Yeah, mm. and only only three of the four children that were experiencing the abuse were on, on the system. So right there and then, already one of the children had not even been acknowledged. I was wow. then told that reports had been made that didn't reach the threshold, meaning that there was insufficient information, some frames, and no sexual abuse. So then these yeah. children were labelled as non-ROSH, non-risk of significant harm. Now I'm asking, um, define significant harm. Because I know without any doubt that it is not okay to thrash a child so hard that blood is drawn. And while this child mm-hmm. is already petrified to death, he is having his head pushed into a toilet bowl that is then flushed so that this child now is fighting for every breath. Oh, I, know, I know that it is not okay to lock two seven-year-olds in a tin shed in the heat of an Australian summer without any open windows or water. I know that it is not okay to hold a child up against the wall by the throat. I know that it's not okay to tie four children to bunk beds with cable ties, humiliating them by pulling their pants down and putting pliers on the opposite, opposite side of the room, telling the kids mm-hmm. that it's a game. Then the light is switched off. And these children, aged between 7 and 13, have to figure out how to move the bunk beds in order to get to the pliers to cut themselves free. With every move they make, the cable ties tighten until they are left with welts around their wrists. Mm-hmm. I know that it is not okay to throw a knife to a child's hand, another big game, or to hit a child so hard across the back with a cricket bat that he believes that he's paralyzed because he can only move his arms. Why was nothing done? Yeah, big question. Oh Why? My gosh. Mm. Because I, I also don't... know, I also know the indestructible damage that this abuse caused, and how it has affected all these children into adulthood. Wow, wow, wow! Let me stop for a minute, please, and pass on sure. the number. Call us to call in. Call us if you're listening to us and you want to be part of the show. Please, by all means, we welcome your call in. There is our number, 515-605-9812. If you happen to be a victim, if you have to be an advocate, it doesn't matter. We do not want to talk about 
confidentiality, but we want to talk about what can be done to help you or help someone that you might know about. Does that make sense there, Leanne? Yes. Go ahead. Take it from me. From there, please. All right. So, so I just want to stress again, every case of abuse matters. Every child matters. We cannot continue turning a blind eye to what is happening here. And like I said before, it is happening worldwide. It makes sense to me that if systems are not working, then it is time for change. Also, um, I would like to thank Gail from the New South Wales triage team at the Department of Community Services and Justice, whom I spoke to, um, for her honesty in saying that the department desperately needs more resources and financial support. Um, and I totally have to agree. Um, we all have it. We all have. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt you again. Well, Gail, okay. Excuse me. Could you contact Gail and maybe have her come back and see what we can do to be a help to her to get her more I volunteers? Sure, or? I sure can. Okay, please do. Thank you. All right. Um, so, yeah, we all have a duty of care to protect today's children, to set free yeah. tomorrow's adults. There are no excuses. Yes. Oof. Worldwide. Mm. Okay. So, so yeah. <laughs> Heavy topic. <laughs> Heavy topic, yeah. I know, but um, I think it, it really does need to be addressed. It does. Yes, it does. So maybe you have started something now that maybe next time, two weeks from now, when we meet again, we could have some guests come in with you and have a panel. Sure. Sure. I'll have a look. Yes. Yeah, please. I'll have a look into that. Yeah, that would be helpful. Because if we have a victim, if we have an advocate, if we have a parent or whoever we want to have, they don't have to come out of the house and we don't have to know them. But if they want to share their story, as you have been doing, Leanne, Mm -hmm. Or their expertise. Um, yeah. It would be helpful to the audience, whoever the hidden audience is. We don't know who the audience is, who in the audience would be would have been a victim, or who in the audience has been suffering for a while. We might find mm-hmm. them to be PTSD. Oh, by the way, that's another topic I want to talk about. Usually PTSD was a hidden psychiatric disorder. It was first called after World War II, child, was an act child, but um, uh, shell, shell, oh, shell shock syndrome or something. Yeah. Did they call it the same thing in, in, in Australia? I'm not sure. Okay. I'll have a look. <laughs> yeah. After the word, I, um, Shell shock. It wasn't until that we were we America or the world was involved with the Vietnam War that uh, we had a lot more victims coming back with PTSD. And after that has been going on for a while, 
we find that even civilians, first attendees, were suffering with PTSD. So mm-hmm. let's take for a minute. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's go back for a minute and talk about what PTSD is for adults and how a child is affected by that. Could you like? Would you like to go with that? Um, yeah. Yeah. How a child is is affected. Sorry, I was looking up the um the shell shock thing. It was also called yeah. post Vietnam syndrome. Say again. What kind of syndrome? It was uh, it was also called post Vietnam syndrome. Oh, post Vietnam syndrome. Yes, because <laughs> even doctors didn't want to acknowledge that that was a disorder because we couldn't find yeah. any. Reason why the people should be violent like that. Yeah. Gosh. All right. Post-traumatic stress disorder has now become a well-documented manual. I have one right in my hand. It has about 500 pages. No, correction, 900 pages. And in the section about post-traumatic stress disorder, there's quite a lot that goes to it. Mm-hmm. And it was um, PTSD. PTSD was officially officially recognized in 1980. Yes. Under the American Psychiatric Association. Yes, that was during, uh, right after the um, Vietnam War. Yes, a lot yeah. of veterans came home with PTSD, and and doctors didn't know what to do. They didn't know what mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't give them a prescription to to wipe it away. They couldn't give them a pill for them to drink mm-hmm. and have it wipe away. The doctors didn't really want, know what to do. Thank goodness we have psychiatrists who were able to mm-hmm. study this and document it. Yeah. But let me let me share what some of those diagnoses you mentioned earlier. On yes. the PTSD, you have the disassociative symptoms. Symptoms or the individual symptoms meet the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. And in addition, mm-hmm. in response to the stressor, the individual experiences persistent and recurrent symptoms of either of the following. Depersonalization or derealization. And what does that mean? Yes. The um, victim. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, carry on. That's I had that. Okay. I had depersonalization and depersonalization. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the child develops depersonalization. That's a psychiatric term. But the child doesn't really know what's going on. So depersonalization mm-hmm. means basically they don't know how to interact with people, how to hold a relationship. Because the relationship that they've tried to hold Within their families, or whoever is the victim, the perpetrator, they no longer have that trust, and the child's trust is completely gone. The other side of the coin might be derealization. That means basically they don't know what is real and what isn't real. Could you imagine that? Mm. You're a child. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to imagine it. You went through it. Mm-hmm. I do apologize for that. But <laughs> the child who goes through that 
is a child who is trying to figure out where do I go? Who do I turn to? Where do I get support? Who's going to feed me? Who's going to clothe me? Who's going to bathe me? I have to do all those things by myself, but I don't know how to do it. That's Mm -hmm. the burden a child has. Wow, that is horrendous. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's all the other things, you know, they they can end up feeling physically detached from their bodies, um, cut off their feelings because they can't make sense of them. Um, they can become self-destructive. Um, you know, it's 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 sad. Yes, the psychiatrists have documented that post-traumatic stress <clears throat> for children could be for as young as six years old or, or younger. Now, what mm-hmm. in the world does a child need to be a psychiatric patient at that age when they haven't done anything wrong? but they became a victim. Mm. And their brain and their body cannot handle it. Mm. Unless we can can offer a handship to help them out, they cannot handle Mm. it on their own. No. And then oftentimes I think when um, children are not validated or the abuse is not validated or their feelings are not validated, the child Mm. will either turn the anger, the pain, everything inward and shut down or the child will act out and then adults will see the child as just being naughty. Um, so yes, then, exactly. you know, that adds, adds even more distress to the yes. child when they're really just screaming out for help and nobody's seeing yes. what is going on or, or ignoring it. You, hit the you know, the, these... Yeah, and then these yeah. children are often hypervigilant, um, you know, or yeah. they they become forgetful, or um, yeah. you know, as they get older, they they they're so dissociated, they're accused of being on drugs that that is the last yeah. thing on their mind. They're just dissociated up to their eyeballs. Um, yeah. it's very sad. Very sad. It is sad, and the sad part of it is when they're looking for help they'll turn to the first help they can get. And nine times out of ten, the family members don't accept them or don't validate them, so they go out mm-hmm. in the streets. And what's in the streets? Mm-hmm. Everything negative. You have the, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it in Australia, but you call it the pimp, the owner of the uh, of the prostitutes. You have the prostitutes. Oh, yes. You have yes. criminals of all types. Mm-hmm. The uh, mm-hmm. victim, you know, becomes a teenager or adult. Next thing you know, she is mm-hmm. she is in jail, not because she's a criminal, mm-hmm. but because she didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. You well, she her. wasn't heard. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is mm-hmm. a topic that needs continuation. So, next time we meet will be two weeks from now. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can have a panel. If not, we'll continue with some other portion. What's going on? Okay. I mean, yes, that'll I'll be leave good. It in Okay, great. Because yeah. we okay. have still have a few more minutes. Anything else you want to discuss? Um, yeah, I just want to um, say to anyone out there struggling, um, please do seek help. Um, you know, whether it's um, therapy. Well, first of all, 
if 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 something feels wrong, it's wrong. You know, yes. to children out yes. there, please trust your intuition. That little voice inside that speaks the loudest, trust your own intuition. And if you're in trouble, you know, call the emergency numbers. I, I think here it's like zero zero zero. Um, some countries think on none, none, none. You know, don't be afraid <laughs> to to tell. I don't know what yeah. the numbers are for different countries. We'll um, come back with the next time. We'll come back with a whole list of resources. In the United States, it's 911 for any kind Oh, that's of, it, 911, yes, and zero, zero, zero. No, but, yes, we can get those all together maybe for next time. Um, and then I'd also like to just say um, to people who are seeking um, therapy to help them heal, um, it is really important to find um, a therapist that you can trust um, because that is the foundation um, is to actually open up, to be able to open up to someone. Yeah. Um, and also, um, you know, you have to be willing to put in the work. You know, don't be afraid to face the demons, um, you know, um, yeah. and and learn new coping mechanisms and the tools that you will need to guide you into healing um, because it is really important because once you um, you heal, you know, um, you've got a whole world in your hands. And um, I just want to say to any abused children out there, you are very, very special. And, um, you know, don't let anyone make you feel less of a person or feel like you're just stupid. Um, you're very special. You're very brave, very courageous. Um, and please just know that I'm sending you all my strength and love. And um, you can do this, okay? And let me, so that's, let me turn, yeah. Let me turn to you right now, please. Put you on a spot. You don't have to... Mm-hmm discuss this if you don't want to but you have mm-hmm. you've <laughs> I, I, I am hateful to bring it up but I'm going to ask you to do it if you're not comfortable mm-hmm. that's alright but how did you get mm-hmm. to the point where you are of recovery um, you know what I like I mentioned no, I in the first um, in our first podcast like I mentioned before um i was really triggered when my eldest daughter was coming up to the age of four and that was the sort of age that my abuse began um Mm -hmm. so like you know i had 16 psych admissions i was diagnosed Mm -hmm. um with schizoaffective disorder severe Mm -hmm. bipolar severe dissociative um complex ptsd um so the mm-hmm. line, um, you know, self-harm. But um, I was lucky when I, when I finally gained the courage to find a therapist, um, the yeah. moment I heard my therapist's voice on the phone, she was extremely gen- gently spoken. Um, I, I felt a bond with her straight away. Um, okay. And um, so she enabled me. She gave me a lot of strength to open up and start talking mm-hmm. about what I'd been through. Um, I also had a very, very good psychiatrist. Um, and um, so together, we all worked together. Um, I mean, I had a lot of setbacks 
I'm telling you now, I had a lot of setbacks. Um, But um, I think what's kept me going was my kids, for one, and just just knowing that you can overcome it somehow. I mean, I had days where I didn't want to go on, but something inside of me, that little voice inside of me said, just don't give up. Um, just one thing I do want to say, with all the therapy and the psychiatric help, the inpatient units, with all the help I was given, though, um, which I'm always, always grateful for, and, um, you know, I just quickly want to say also a huge thank you to all mental health staff out there, because with my admissions, I know what they have to deal with every day. Um, You guys are doing a wonderful job, and much appreciation to all of you. Um, and um, but but what I want to say is, all the therapy in the world can only help you up to a certain point. There comes a time where you have to realize now you have to stand on your own two feet, and yes. the answers and the healing that you need to do lies within you. The Queen of England can be offering you help, and it won't work until you start looking inside of yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, so therapy helps to a certain point in giving you the tools you need. Um, and also another thing I'd say with therapy is it's very important. Knowledge is power. So read about your disorder. I don't believe in labels anymore. I think it is important to get an idea of the disorders that you're suffering with and read up as much as you can about it because it takes the fear away. Exactly. Um, you know, so learn as much as you can about what you're experiencing, um, you know, and but be willing to put in the hard work. I mean, I know with my psych admissions, a lot of patients use psych wards as cop-outs um, yeah. where they don't have to face their demons. It's just, oh, I'll just, you know, go into the psych yeah. ward again, um, you yeah, know, and at some point. Well, exactly. At some point, you have to stand up and say, I have to now take it into my own hands. Um, And that is where true healing comes in. That is when true liberation comes in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something about being truthful with oneself that helps recovery. Just to go through the motion of being in the hospital, going to the motion of going to your therapist, going to the motion of going to a church group for a anti, I shouldn't use that word, but a uh, suicide prevention clinic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You go there just because you want to play a game. Or even worse, what you hear hear in the news now, suicide by cop. Sometimes some people oh. decide, I can't kill myself, but I'll let the cops kill me. That's mm-hmm. a sign that something's going on there. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully, the cops who would be aware of that can help them move forward. Mm-hmm. So, yes, oh, man, we could talk mm-hmm. and talk and talk about this all night long, but we've covered yeah. a lot today. I thank you, Leanne. I can't thank you enough because... What you are doing and what you are saying, I as a 
past clinician have never been, been in your shoes. I don't know mm-hmm. how to walk in your shoes. Even though you may mm-hmm. have the high heels, I will still not walk in your shoes. <laughs> but you did a wonderful job of letting the audience know this is a serious problem and needs help, and the children cannot do it by themselves. We adults, yeah. we legitimate adults, need to stand up there and help a child or children mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you, yeah. Leanne. That's okay. Um, pleasure. <laughs> it's been really nice mm-hmm. chatting. And I just mm-hmm. want to say to all the children out there who are being abused, I love you all, my little warriors, and I believe in you. Take care. That's good. That's good. Take care, everybody. Well, we'll call things right now, but before we do, I want to mention that number again, 515-605-9812. In two weeks from now, when we meet again, we will have a panel, perhaps, where we will come up with a list of resources in the UK, in Australia, in South Africa, across the United States, you name it. There's mm-hmm. never enough help to help people when they need it. So let's do what we can. And we definitely have to thank Leanne for allowing me to invite her into our program so that she can help others along the way. My sister, thank you. Thank you for being there. Pleasure, Brav. Have a good day. <laughs> thank you, you all listeners. Have a good day. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you around two weeks from now. Saturday on, in the U.S. and Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in the... Uh, I was going to say... Australia. Thank you so All much, right. everyone. Have a good okay. evening. Keep shining, keep shining bright. <laughs> Love you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.